process that we've had about living a life that matters. Now, as we start, I would ask the question, how long has it been since you found 15 minutes to simply be quiet? No noise, no distractions, no music, no TV, just quiet. You know, sometimes moms with young kids, they'd be like, I'd commit a crime to have some time like that. You know, it's just hard to come by. We value that. Work settings have been studied and they've concluded that from a work perspective, if a company has one hour, if the employees can have one hour of quiet time, no phones, no chit-chat, no interruptions, that's worth about two hours of normal work time. It's a two-to-one comparison, the value of being able to quietly sit and get your work done. If you do get some quiet time, what are your emotions like in that moment? Is it total peace? Or is it sometimes like me with some nervousness and some tension where your mind doesn't want to disengage? In other words, is it easy for you to sit quietly? And that's, like I said, that's tough sometimes for me because I'll sit down and I'm always thinking about what's next. I've got to work on this and then I've got to go do that. And in school, I was never the guy that wanted to go to the library. It was too quiet in the library for me. I needed some noise going on. Now, as I'm getting older, I'm trying to do better, but, I, but it's, it's a challenge. We came out of the holidays just recently and we romanticized the holiday season, the peacefulness of the holidays. We never find peacefulness, do we? We hardly get to slow down and enjoy. I was going through pictures and I found one of my dad from when we lived in Kentucky and it was wintertime, obviously, because there was a big fire roaring in the fireplace and he's sitting in his rocking chair and his head is propped over and he's just staring into the fire enjoying some quiet time and I'd love to know what he had on his mind at that point. When we do get some time like that, it can be wonderful. And so for here in Psalm 131, David is going to try to help us understand there is great value in a quieted soul. And we don't think about that a lot. Because when we focus on Christianity, a lot of the time we're talking about the busy all the time, never be idle aspects of a walk with God. In fact, my challenge to us out of the morning hour was, hey, let's find someone this week where we can make a difference in their lives. But what David's going to come back and do here in the psalm is he's going to say, hey, There's an aspect of being faithful that involves in in the calm and the assurance that, that is found being quietly at rest with God. Not quietly at rest in the pew, mind you, but quietly at rest with God. And so notice these verses. Verse 1 of Psalm 131. O Lord, my heart is not proud nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me. It's interesting to me that David, the king, as powerful as he is, he begins the psalm by talking about how he has made it his goal. He's trying to be humble. He's working in that direction. And this is a guy who is one of the most powerful in the world, one of the most important in the world. And he's saying, my heart's not proud or lofty. I don't look down on people, as one translation says. And so maybe one of the most powerful lessons for us if we want to find that quiet time with God is to remember that even if we're in leadership, no matter how powerful we seemingly are, no matter how much responsibility we have, the leader has to realize that he too is being led. And David seems to realize that. 
And even in his day, that's a countercultural message because philosophers of his day were, you know, they praised self reliance. And David says, no, I don't just rely on me. I, I, I try to be humble. I'm not self-reliant. I'm not trying, in other words, to be God. He says, nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me. One translation says, I don't do great things and I can't do miracles. In other words, I'm not God. Uh, a guy named Robert Golden Gay said this. He said, the difference between God and us is that God never thinks He is us. I need to do that one again slower. The difference between God and us is that God never thinks He's us. A couple of thoughts. The psalmist has avoided trying to go about doing great wonders like God. Rather, he's attempting to walk in faithfulness. And so David says it begins with humility. Trying to avoid being proud and arrogant. Avoiding the temptation to live like I'm the only one who matters. And what we see from the psalmist is that the humility allows me to quiet my spirit. And that gets us to verse 2. And this is the verse that caught my attention. That's why I wanted to talk about this psalm in the Living a Life That Matters series. Because it's a comparison we don't often see. The psalmist has watched what goes on between a mother and a newborn child and he's noticed some lessons that can apply to our walk with God. Notice the verse. He says, Surely I have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child rest against his mother. My soul is like a weaned child within me. One translation says, but I'm a, I am calm and quiet like a baby with its mother. I'm at peace like a baby with its mother. See, he's honed in on this very special time. And some of us who are dads, if we're during bottle feeding days, maybe we've even experienced some of this, but a lot of times it's the mamas. But the child has just been fed, and the child is full. The child is content. The child is relaxed. It's this time where the child's very dependent, peaceful, safe, secure, hopefully sleepy because mom or dad wants some sleep too. But the psalmist is saying, hey, in my walk with God, I'm trying to be like a child in its arms where it's just nursed and it's, it's just ready to be there calm and at peace. And he says it's an act of self-control. He says it's a deliberate action. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul. And so the question for us, we read that and we, we, we naturally want to think and ask, well, how would I go about calming and quieting my soul? How would I accomplish that if it's such a deliberate act? Well, surely one of those would be the idea that I'm going to be in worship. And we sometimes talk about that or we pray about that as, as we enter into our time of worship. Let us put aside the cares of the world and focus on you, God. It's, it's the idea that we're trying to make a connection. Being thankful is a way that we calm, uh, compose, and quiet our souls. When I'm thankful, gratitude is a calming thing for us. It should be. And then being deliberate in our efforts to simply slow down and connect with God. Whether it is sitting in front of that fireplace, if we happen to have that at our disposal, or whether it's sitting at the kitchen table with that open Bible and that cup of coffee, it's the idea that deliberately I'm going to stop and try to make a connection with God. And it may well be in my prayer time, deliberately choosing to stop telling God what I need or telling God what He needs to do so that I can hear Him. 
and be reminded of what He's already done. And so if, you, if we're going to ask questions of ourselves about this verse, how are we doing at composing and quieting our souls? And if it's not going well, if I'm restless and if I can't seem to find that calm with God, what might be the reason for that? Because if you continue the comparison in Psalm 131, we understand one of the reasons that the child in the psalm is calm is because it has been fed and it is full. Its mother has supplied its need. We, those of us who have been around children, there's nothing more frustrating than knowing that the child's restless, knowing that the child, there's something that's not right and we can't figure out what's going on. Well, sometimes maybe that's how we are with God. And so if I'm struggling in some way, it's probably it's worth me asking myself whether I'm being properly nourished spiritually. And if I'm not, it's never God's fault. It's always mine. I need to be asking, okay, do I really trust Him? Have, have, have I climbed into His arms to continue with the comparison of the psalm in, in such a way that there's total trust in Him? Or there's some things that I haven't turned over to Him? Am I recognizing that He's supplying my need? Am I bringing my fork when I open up His Word? Verse 2 should also cause us to recognize our dependence upon the Lord and that, tran- and that transitions us to the exhortation that's in verse 3 as we finish up. Verse 3 says, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. If you go back and read the psalm before this in Psalm 130, it explains why our hope should be in the Lord. Because it's a psalm written in this outcry from from the depths of, of a problem. But the conclusion of the matter is the same. Back up into Psalm 130 and notice three verses, or no, four verses, verse 5, 6, 7, and 8. I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in His Word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. Indeed, more than the watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is loving kindness, and with Him is abundant redemption, and He will redeem Israel from all His iniquities. A guy named Lorenzo Nicholson said this about that thought process, about hope. He said, Hope, in its noun form, is a wish or a desire accompanied by confident expectation of its fulfillment. A wish or a desire without confident expectation is not hope. You may wish for something without confident expectation and never have your wish come true. So then confident expectation is very necessary in that it is the substance of things hoped for. If this is so, then it is safe to say that confident expectation is faith and it is the prerequisite of hope. And then he goes to Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so I've got to be asking, and you do as well, can I own the phrase confident expectation when I think about my relationship with God and the hope that is within me? And the exhortation, he says, from this time forth and forever... It's now and forever because while situations and circumstances may change, our basis for hope is stable. Our basis for hope is unchanging. Our basis for hope occurred at the cross and then at that empty tomb. 
another passage that reminds us of why we can have hope. And uh, you can read this one on your time, Lamentations, Lamentations 3, uh, verses 19 through 26. It's actually some scripture that we sometimes will sing about, but it reminds us of our hope. It ties in the value of a quieted spirit that we've been discussing in this brief lesson this afternoon. And so as we think about some challenges and meeting the challenges, how are we doing at being quietly at rest with Him? Oh Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child rest against his mother. My soul is like a weaned child within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. I would challenge us to work on our attitude of humility because that will bless us in trying to find that quiet time with God. No matter how important we're tempted to think we are in a moment, finding the, the idea that yes, we too are being led by God, that will bless us. It will help us be trustfully at rest with Him, safe with the Lord. If the quiet aspect of a faithful walk with God, if that's difficult for you like it sometimes is for me, let's all be challenged to just be very purposeful in finding those moments of calm and quiet. That that, that time where we can focus on God. And in those quiet moments, if we can remember to be spending less time talking to, to, to God about what He needs to do, and more time being thankful for what He's done and hopeful about what He's going to do in the future. I know that will bless us. And as we exercise our souls in that way, our walk with God will be strengthened and we can successfully live quietly. Ben's going to lead us in, I believe it's As the Deer, beautiful hymn. And as he leads that this afternoon, if for whatever reason... If you're not enjoying that calmness that comes from the relationship of being quietly at rest with God, if there's something that's causing your life to be restless, if it's something where praying together will help you, let's pray together. If it's something where you need to be obedient to the Gospel this afternoon, please let that be known as well. If you have a need, please respond while we stand and while we sing.